Hey everybody, welcome to a video and audio edition of Church is Now Online. There are just three of us today. It's been a busy week. There is an Easter services, Good Friday services coming up, but in the house is Dan and Kristen. <laughs> Literally in, in the, the same other house. house. <laughs> in the other oh, house, the one and only Scott Irwin. Oh, I'm the one it's and so only. It's so cheap now. It like is it. so cheap. No, I like it now. No, but, but you are the one and only in, in the campus. And I just saw on Facebook, one of our members apparently drove past the church and put on Facebook, hey, are you guys in the church? Because I saw the windows were open. And I thought, that is not something you see from the street. You had to drive all the way to the backside. But he's on our security team, so I feel like he was keeping uh, the place safe. And so it's good to know, Scott, that you are surrounded by um, just Hobart Portage's finest. Uh <laughs> and keeping the building safe. So well, I, got text, uh, I got a text from Carrie this morning and she's like, why is there an ambulance at, at HP? I said, ambulance, that's weird. And I went out and I looked and it's the, the, the fire marshal was doing the fire extinguishers and they bought like an old school ambulance, looks exactly like an ambulance, freaked her out. But sorry, and Carrie. Just, all that just to marshal. make sure we're up to code. The irony yeah. of it is um, there's really like, the bur- the building right now could burn down and yes. there's a great chance that nobody would know because on a daily basis, it's <laughs> like you, like the, the thing shut down. Right. I mean like no one's, yeah. I guess Dexter would see it, but uh, it please is. nobody burn down our building. Please, <laughs> we have nobody. to say that as long as we're three years ago, this, I wanna, with Dan, but, but not now <laughs> we've invested, we've come too far. So, Hey, so, um, speaking of social media, I don't know if you guys have um, participated ever since everybody's, at home, everything's online. Everyone has been posting these challenges on Instagram, on Facebook. Yeah, have yeah. you seen any of these? Yeah. Are you talking like there's a there's different there's different categories? Okay. So here, let's start with this: the math one to see oh. who actually knows how to do math. I have not I seen, that. seen that one. All right, so a couple of people from our campus have put this up, and they're infuriating. I, I'm just like oh, angry about them. The one with it's, it's like, like a chicken and then the egg. Yeah. Oh, I have yeah. seen those. Yeah, like this and, plus this equals ten, and then right, different pictures. Right. Mm. Yeah, and I, I go right to the comments to see what everybody else has said before <laughs> me to make sure I'm not a moron, because yes. there's every single time someone puts one of these up there, there's someone who gets blasted for forgetting you know the 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 operate the foil operations like good night that was goodness 20 years ago maybe for me i was in a class where we learned foil first outer inner Uh, last it's easy it's easy it's easy yes um there was another one where it was all about these um these four children it was more like a it was a grammar huh one, it was, it was all those quarantine thing though. Cause I feel like those have been floating around forever and we just didn't well, have time to stop and look are. at them they until now. They're probably, uh, they're probably e-learning pages sent home by first grade <laughs> and, and the parents are seeing these and they're like, this is math now. Oh, that's and they're so exactly true. right. That's so true. It's, um, I, one of my friends sent me a challenge on Instagram and it, this one has been floating around. It's not a quarantine specific, but it was to post your first picture ever taken with your significant other. And Dan, I was going to post it. And then I realized, uh, the first picture I ever took was on a, you know, like those old, um, 
you know, disposable cameras. Oh That's the word God, I'm looking for. Camera. So yeah. Yeah. It's been so long since we've used them. We don't know what like, they are. I don't think I have that anywhere yeah. digitally. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have it. So, um, if you've been hiding it, this, um, Scott, where did you and Bethany take your first picture? Do you remember it? Oh, man, we're so bad at taking pictures. I have no idea. Uh, it was probably when I first moved out to Mansfield, there was a group of friends that tried to get me in their friend group and they took me to 23 different places around the area for my 23rd birthday. And uh, we took a picture at every area. So there's a bunch of, uh, and Bethany was in that group. So I'm more stop, curious stop. about how you said that they were trying to get you in their friend group. You they were, were like, they, being actively recruited as they a were friend. Like, That's incredible. <laughs> I was very, I was very sad and lonely. And, uh, I almost didn't join because I had something in the crock pot at home. And I was like, oh, I need to go get dinner out of the crock pot. What an you know, old like, lady thing to say. Like 22 years old. Like 23 and they were like, no, you're coming with us. I was like, okay. You're supposed to want burritos at like 2 a.m. Not crock pot. It was at like 4.30. I was, I was trying to sustain myself like as a, as a new bachelor. That's really yeah. funny. That's hilarious. Well, um, I... I, I want to talk about social media challenges because Pastor Dustin Rouse suckered me into one the other day, and it almost killed me. Uh-huh. He he saw all these guys, mostly guys. I don't think I saw any. Well, I, I think I saw Melissa and Jeff Anderson do this. They're the, the ten push up challenge. Like I want to challenge somebody to do ten push ups right now. And so all these pastors who, it's like they 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 write sermons and just do push ups. <laughs> or on my Instagram feed, like jacked out of their mind. And Dustin uh, happened to be running. And I think he was on Instagram while he was running. And he, <laughs> he said, forget this. How I just ran a 5K and I challenge. And then he listed out a bunch of us pastors to, to, to challenge us in a 5K. Now, Scott, you've been actively training for a marathon. So just plug your ears. <laughs> but his time was terrible. It was like plus 10 minute miles. He swears he walked the first three minutes and his watch threw it off. But uh, <laughs> but all of us looked at that and we're like, well, dude, thanks for setting the bar low. Like, surely I could run a minus 10 minute mile, which, you know, goodness, yeah, surely you can. And so the next day um, I got out there and I just I went for it. You know, I just went for it. Yeah. And our neighborhood's got yeah. hills and whatnot. And I, I took every downhill opportunity I could. And I tried not to run back up any hills. I just finally at the bottom of the big hill, I just kept running like to the stop sign and to the hill and to the stop sign because I was not going up. I was not slowing down. And I beat him. I beat his time. And then I had to challenge everybody else. And so the next person I challenged was Stephen Ganchow. And uh, Parker Douglas, I think, was on there. Um, if you know Bill Hilligans from the Cedar Lake campus, he's a oh, professional yeah. marathoner. Yeah. No way, I'm, I'm not messing with that guy. No, no. <laughs> and so Stephen, uh, the next day, Stephen Ganchow, Pastor Stephen, was out running, did his thing, and uh, and and he was hilarious. He, he told us he almost died. Um, <laughs> and then Parker Douglas, of all people, Parker Douglas, Mr. Sneaky, dropped like a seven-minute average yeah. mile. He's crazy. This thing. It was insane. And I was so happy because like by day two, I couldn't really like move, you know, like I'm not accustomed. I don't run marathon. I don't run at all. But, uh, Parker apparently was like eating hot dogs and burgers while he was running the seven minute average 5k. And his time, it was like 20, 20 minutes. He did this thing. It took me like a half hour. And, um, that was, I think the greatest challenge, uh, that I, that I saw. 
um, on the yeah, on Instagram, I tracked along with that on Instagram, and I was uh, I was thoroughly entertained. I was like, <laughs> well, why didn't you jump in, man? I know, like, you could crush that. I know because I wasn't challenged. So <laughs> I wasn't challenged. All right, Waiting okay, for so. Tag. <laughs> Yeah, well, you weren't challenged. And so this is the this is the question. Do the tags, if you get tagged in a post and someone mm. calls you out, is that substantial enough to make you want to do it? Absolutely. Uh, it probably depends how competitive you are. Yeah. I, yeah. So for everybody in here, absolutely. And it depends on, I think it depends on what it is. I was just going to say, this is about to get real life with our children yeah. interrupting our yeah, podcast conversation. <laughs> Um, yeah, Come here. I got I got a little boy who just woke up from a nap. I'm sure the the podcast world does not. He's leaving. He's going outside. World? He's good. He's thoroughly creeped out by me talking into <laughs> yeah. a computer with his mom on the screen. He already came down and I already fed him a piece of lemon cake without anybody noticing. Like Dad, mom so. Yeah, I I thought he just scored it himself. Well done. Oh, it's just real life, guys. This is life in quarantine. When you're trying to work, you have kids that interrupt things, and it's okay. We just roll yeah. with it. Um, but no, I feel like, uh, I feel like the challenges though, I feel like you, you've got to be tagged. It'd be like crashing a party that you're not invited to, you know, that's how, that's how I think about it. I totally get it. You don't want to be the guy who's like, Oh yeah, me too. You guys, I, I beat you yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't tag you, Scott. I just thought you would look at that and be like, you fools. <laughs> no, I'm not looking for a, a, a pity tag here. I'm totally fine. I yeah. will. I do feel like it needs to be said that Dan, your cavalier attitude, attitude toward people being able to run a ten-minute mile needs to be retracted because if I try, no, to yeah, run... yeah, absolutely, no, okay, okay, yeah, no. I thank you for like... giving me the opportunity because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, oh my goodness, what a jerk yeah, that seriously. Guy. Um, no, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity because I at first I saw 5K and Dustin Rouse and I, my first thought was like. Yeah, that guy runs a lot. I know he could do it. And uh, I truly believe him when he says he walked and everything like that. But I was shocked at how like, the competitive nature inside of me took over. And I pushed myself harder than I absolutely should have to be able to, to, to shoot my time. And had it not... So this is the thing about a challenge, though. Had it not been for this public like display... There's no way I'm pushing myself that hard to try and go that fast it, without the satisfaction of being like, I did it. I totally yeah. did it. So, <laughs> no, I know that it's, uh, you know, it, it, my normal time probably would be like 12. No, no one's watching. It's 12 minutes. Let's be honest. Uh, Pastor Steve was like, don't you guys walk like a mile in 15 minutes? What are you just shuffling? Like, come on. <laughs> uh, but it, no, I, it does I, go I to show that. you though, like it really does go to show you uh, what you're capable of and I think how we oftentimes limit ourselves when it's only us pushing and I don't know, kind of creating that discipline in our life in, in a bunch of different aspects of our life of, of uh, really stepping out of our comfort zones for a lot of things. And I think that's why some of these challenges are, are, are really, really neat. Absolutely. I never would have run a 5k. I mean, I, I get on the treadmill and I'm like, I'm doing time. If I got to walk for a couple of minutes, I'm walking. Um, so to have a distance was a great thing. And I think you're right, Scott. You, you need um, to realize you know, there's more in you than you know. And, yeah. and people need to push you to do that. Let's talk about, you know, we're all in ministry. And I think church members, maybe if they've got a keen ear for the word challenge, that's a very preachy word, isn't it? 
I want to challenge you. I'm going to throw out a challenge. If you want to get like people motivated in the seats of a church or, you know, in their living room these days, all you have to do is say, let me challenge you to do this. How do you guys, when you hear that, what's your honest reaction as, you know, I'd call you a congregant, but that's a word that we don't use in 2020 anymore. We don't have congregants. We have church family. (laughs) But when you're listening to people preach, how does the word challenge resonate with you? Uh, in the seats when someone's challenging you spiritually. I don't know. What do you think, Kristen? Oh, really? (laughs) Well, I was just, when you were saying that, I was thinking, I, I don't like when we're teaching or preaching in women's ministry, I feel like we use the word encourage more than we use challenge. And (laughs) it's, it's a softer approach, but I think it's, it's the same idea is that like, I want to encourage you to do this, with an admonition or a, a task to do or something that puts you out of your comfort zone. It's the same idea, maybe just a little softer. Um, but yeah, in my, I think it depends on maybe what it is, but it's hard to, um, like I, and maybe this is a tangent and I apologize, but something I've noticed in my spirit that I miss about being in church is that feeling right there of like being around other people and sitting, like we are sitting under the word from a screen, but there is something different about being in a place and feeling like that recalibration that happens when you sit in church with other people and you feel like pumped up and challenged to leave Sunday and to go back to my week on mission to be living gospel centered and to be making decisions in my daily life that are reflective of a heart that is steadfast and a heart that is after Christ and how I interact with other people and all those things that come with being together on a Sunday morning. And I've noticed that, and this is maybe too much of a confession, but like, I just feel, I feel like it's harder to engage through a screen to feel that conviction and that challenge from a Sunday sermon. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead, Scott. I, I think that's worth, worth talking about. I, I mean, I can round, come back on the, on the challenge, but yeah, I, I agree. There's, there's something um, a little bit more difficult about engaging with a screen, but do you know what I have found is um, even though maybe Sunday morning is less engaging, I have found uh higher engagement and fulfillment like spiritually myself with smaller groups mm. um so but like our small group um has done more things together um our verge leaders have done more things together like one-on-one interactions with other people and i feel like that is where i'm receiving um spiritual challenges not maybe not necessarily challenges but you know sitting under the word uh on sunday but then finding those smaller points of connections throughout the week. But I agree with you, Kristen. Yeah. So I, I have never responded well to challenges in the seats. <laughs> and I, I is like one of those, like, um, you know, tip your hand moments as a preacher where I don't think I can ever point back to a time at the Bethel Hobart Portage campus where I've ever thrown down the gauntlet and said, we're going to do this challenge together. Um, and I'm wondering if it's just like my lack of you know, athletic, that's the challenge is such a coachy word. Like, Hey, I'm going to push you. I'm going to challenge you to do this thing. But when it comes to social media challenges, like I'll run a 5k because someone (laughs) called me out. 
And there's such a disconnect because um, here's here's really what I want to get down to is I think for all the reasons we've talked about it, um, I, I think that we have social media challenges and then challenges has been this thing in the church world that we've often talked about, but we have Easter coming up and the message from our church is that, hey, we want to challenge each of our people to share their testimony publicly on Facebook, which is like the, for some people, that's the ultimate social media challenge (laughs) is like combine your faith and your social media world. And some people try and keep those two things, you know, like ne'er shall they meet. Uh, No one should know that I am a Christian on Facebook. And here we are saying, hey, this is life now for you to live out your faith here's one great way we want to challenge you to do this. And uh, for some reason, it's not hitting me in the same negative way that I would hear it if it was coming from a stage because we're all talking about it over screens. I'm like, oh, totally. I think that's a great challenge for our people. I think what a great way to uh, combine our faith and combine like just the normal pressures of peer pressure on social media (laughs) to say, hey, could you do this challenge? What do you guys think about that challenge of people uh, sharing their faith or at least sharing their testimony, how I became a Christian, what God's done in my life? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really cool. I think it will be very challenging for some people because like you said, uh, it's, it's very public. Like your Facebook feed is out there for, for your, whoever's following you or um, Instagram, like some of your, it's, it's entirely open. Um, yeah. And to, to join those, it's like that, that step of almost evangelism, you know, it's almost like I'm evangelizing into the ether, which, which is always hard. I think evangelism is always hard for people. So, but I agree. I think uh, it's a really cool challenge that, that right now in this season, maybe seems a little more normal because nothing is normal. Yeah. Great point. And why not? It is interesting though. I mean, even thinking about my own, like the people that are in my life that I know are not believers and are not um, maybe heavy are growing increasingly less tolerant of believers. You know, I think there's, there's a, a general like wave of secularism that is moving through our country. And with that becomes like, okay, if you are still a Bible believing Christian, then you're a bigot, you're intolerant, you're hateful. And that's not true of who I am, but I think having something that explicit about this is who Jesus, this is what Jesus has done in my life, that takes me to a level maybe that they no longer feel is um, tolerant. I guess does that make sense? And that, so I, I my initial reaction was like, oh, I started like listing the people in my head of like who would see this on my Facebook. Not that they don't know I'm a Christian, but Right. that there is this extra emphasis of sharing my faith and, and talking um, explicitly about the, the exclusivity of Christ in that I believe that Jesus is the one and only who could do this in my life and um, who sustains me and whatever it is that I would be saying. And yeah, that, that was my initial reaction. And I was alarmed by that actually to think, Oh my, it, it was not a like, yes, it was like a, Oh, that person will see it and what will they think and how will this offend them and and will they how will they react to that i'm still gonna do it don't get me wrong <laughs> still going well, to post that's something why, but... that's precisely why i think it's a challenge mm-hmm. is because there is this um 
you know, we, our networks are bigger than our, just our church family. And I had the same thought. I had the same thought of like, that person's going to see it. That person's going to see it. That person's going to see it. And again, they all know I'm a pastor. Even some of these people who I'm afraid are going to see me talking about my love for, for Christ or what he's done in my life are people who have asked me to officiate their weddings for them because <laughs> they know I'm a pastor. You know what I mean? But for me to have that, that personal experience that I then share with someone, uh, you know, Barna put that research out saying that most millennials think it's, uh, it's, it's immoral to try and share your faith, uh, in some sort of pro- proselytizing way, trying to create converts. And maybe, uh, how, how, how could we, maybe with the last couple seconds we have left here before we, uh, transition to our interview, what are some, some ways that we can help people overcome that fear of, you know, what are, what is this going to do to my reputation or what, how, are, how is this going to appear on my feed? And, um, what are some encouragements we could give for these people in this challenge? Do you see what I did there? Some encouragements. Is that what you mean? Some yes. encouragements. Encouragement yeah. in the challenge. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I mean, this is even what I've been dealing with. Like I said, in my own heart is just a, um, I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel. And even though like that's a, a more in becoming more and more difficult because of the um, separation that's taking place in our culture between people who believe a certain way and people who don't. But regardless of that, there still needs to be a proclamation of what Jesus has done. And so it may feel more awkward today than it did 10 years ago or even five years ago. It may be more uncomfortable to talk about my steadfast faith in Jesus Christ but the gospel remains true. And so that's, that's a me problem. <laughs> that's not a, you know what I mean? Like the, this is a, a heart issue that I need the Lord to bolster my faith and to use this as an opportunity for me to grow in ways that I didn't really realize I needed to grow, you know, like, man, I, yeah. I'm a, I work on a church staff. Like wh- how am I ashamed to talk about what Jesus has done in my life or nervous about how people will respond to that? But yeah. wow, what a what a revealing thing to say, Lord, you still are of utmost importance in my life. You are the my um, what I look at in my life and say this is the most important thing, and that's worth sharing. And when we do share, keeping it focused on what Jesus has done, it's it may still uh, rub people the wrong way, but there is. There, I'm not talking about morality. I'm not talking about political views. I'm not talking about anything except the risen Christ and the fact that he has changed me um, and who I was before is not who I am today. Yeah. Really what I love about um, just sharing your testimony is um, I've spent a lot of time studying John chapter nine uh, over the past couple of months. And this is a John nine is a way that um, we, we get a we get a picture of modern day evangelism. The the guy um, uh, his his eyes are opened and his whole neighborhood freaks out and they ask him his testimony and he's he doesn't have the perfect words. He just says, "I was blind, now I see." And uh, no one can argue with your experience. That's the greatest thing. You you go to Amazon and you could buy the same product somebody else had and 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 you could. Um, you could get the product and it got five stars by everybody else, but you could think it's a one-star product. You don't have the same experience with them, but you're not going to argue with the people who reviewed the product saying, dude, you're crazy. 
right. you're, you're going to have your own experience with it. And so I think for people to, to realize the greatest way that we can um, grow in our faith today is to leave Jesus a review, right? To leave a review for Christ online and to say, hey, this is what he's done in my life. Uh, and I love that the Lord seems to be using these things. You know, God seems to be using these videos of people's testimonies in ways where other people see it and they resonate with it and they say, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. this is this makes so much sense to me. Like what mm-hmm. you're feeling, I'm feeling, and you're leading me to think that I need to think about this. Right. And um, we're going to have a conversation with one of those people uh, right here, right now. Uh, his name is Eddie Rodriguez. He moved from LA to Hobart, Indiana just a couple years ago and was looking for a church to get plugged into. He came to our campus and, uh, saw a video of someone from our church on Easter Sunday sharing his testimony and their experiences lined up so perfectly that when he heard the music, heard the story of Jesus rising from the dead. It changed his life and he believed. And he's going to share with us in just a couple of minutes about um, Easter a couple of years ago and the power of story in his own life. And so um, thank you guys for being on here to talk about some social media challenges and the, the, the upcoming Easter season that we're in and what it means for us to be witnesses in our community. And without much more further ado, let's, uh, let's get there with uh, Eddie and uh, Maria Rodriguez. We have a tremendous honor to have, uh, by way of uh, technology, some good friends at the HP campus, Eddie and Maria Rodriguez. Welcome to Churches Now Online podcast, you guys. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know uh, as small business owners, you guys are at the shop right now at uh, Bellistani uh, Bakery up in Valpo, where you guys uh, are making things happen. And we just want to say thanks for for coming and being a part of this. Well, thanks for having us on. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. So we just... Uh, have been talking about Easter season is coming up and how Easter is a time where um, Christians in in particular, this is a real great time for us to reflect on what God has truly done in our lives through the person of Jesus. And oftentimes we participate in Good Friday services and then Easter services. Good Friday being more self-reflective, Easter being more like we want to share this with the world, this great news that Jesus is alive. He changes lives. He changes hearts. He changes families. And um, you guys came to the Hope Reporters campus and God used an Easter service, a testimony video, in just a really powerful way. And Eddie, I'd love for you just to lead off and share maybe a little bit of the backstory behind how you guys came to Hobart, Indiana and to uh, the HP campus. Um, Wow. Um, you know, I'm, how did we end up in Hobart? I, I don't really recall. I, mean, I was I, looking for um, like the best places to raise a family in a small town setting. And um, even though is that you a guys Google call, search you do, is that like a <laughs> Google plays a hit? A big um, whole story. It sure does. So um, Crown Point actually showed up. Yeah. Um, and we were in California still when we started looking for houses. Um, so we didn't really know the areas, of course. Um, but when we 
God, what was it? It started with visiting your mom. Yeah, my mom lives in St. John. So that was kind of ground zero um, as far as our, our search goes. And, well, we ended up in Hobart. Yeah. Um, and uh, another Google search led us to uh, HP. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to tell the whole story? I, I, I love this story. I love yeah. this story. And I know you shared part of this story at our HP five-year anniversary, which we've called the gift that keeps on giving. Um, <laughs> I, would love, I would love for you just to share it now because not everybody was able to make it then. Oh, okay. Well, um, so Maria has been want, had been wanting to find a church for quite some time, even before we left California. And I was always resistant because, you know, I, I didn't believe. So, um, you know, I, I told her that, um, if she found a church she wanted to go to, I would, I'd go with her once and then, you know, and she was free to go and I was free to sleep in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was scrolling through Instagram one day and, uh, and, um, and, uh, I, I saw this music clip that was just amazing. And, and, you know, it really, it really drew me in. And, uh, you know, I saw a little headline, it said Bethel Church. And I was like, okay, cool. So I, for, I go directly to Google, do a Google search. Mm -hmm. And hey, there's one three minutes away. And, this is my uh, least favorite part. And that's when I went. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and I told Maria, I said, well, I found the church and it's just up the street, you know. And uh, just like yeah, just like McDonald's. And um, <laughs> So uh, it was. It was actually the Easter service three years ago. There's a three. Yeah, yeah. Almost. Uh, no, three years ago, and uh, that was our first service. And uh, I saw the, uh, the the video of uh, John uh, Wold speaking. Yeah. And it was a lot like my story. You know, I moved out to LA to be a big rock star and have awesome hair and. I did that for 28 years and came back with slightly less awesome hair. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, it's still awesome, bro. It's still awesome. Now, Eddie, I've never, I've never asked you this before. Um, what was your initial uh, disappointment with the music? When did you, when did you know it wasn't Bethel? <laughs> <laughs> the disappointment? Um, not enough guitar. That's very true. <laughs> Well, we, fi we fixed a lot of that. We yeah. A lot of that. <laughs> so what was it then? Um, was it there that day? Because I really don't, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on some of the details, but was it there that day, Eddie, on Easter that you gave your life to the Lord? When was that moment where you're like, okay, I was sort of not interested in, in Jesus and now I, I get it and I'm totally trusting in him. What, what was that? Well, I mean, it, it did take some time and yeah. um, I you know, I was drawn in, you know, by the music again. And I was like, oh, I could, you know, I could come here. And, um, and I had spoken with you and you gave me some great advice. You said I should pray on it, you know, uh, and I did. Um, but I mean, it kind of happened in a flash when, um, I think it was June of that year, was it 2016. No, no, it was probably 2017, where um, uh, a cousin that I'd grown up with and been pretty, pretty close with uh, ended her life. 
and uh and then you know i just had this visualization of like this uh this uh scene at night when you know when you're flying over cities and yeah. you see the lights and i could see like little pockets of light that that i could see as like uh points in time where things could have gone seriously wrong for me but i was guided in another direction and um you know i saw that 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 was the hand you know that was the hand of god and uh um you know e- even before all this when i would you know when we would talk about um things i i would say well we're, i'm so lucky or i'm so lucky this didn't happen or we're lucky this didn't happen and um you know that that turned out not not to be luck at all but um you know yeah. us being guided yeah guided and blessed in yeah, so absolutely. many ways i mean even our our drive out here we took what five days purposely we drove for yeah, five days five. out here and our car the moment we left la what happened our transmission light came on in arizona <laughs> And I was like, well, I, I guess, I guess we're living in the desert now. We, yeah. I, I remember us saying that though, wherever a car stops, that's where God wants us to be. And, and it, it somehow worked out though. Cause we, it actually, the light came off once you reached Illinois, even though we know, we knew that we didn't want to be in Illinois. We were like, we're somewhere in the Midwest. This is where he wants us to be. And, um, yeah. I mean, it took us two months to find our house. Uh, did it? Yeah, it, it, was, like it was months, a little while. Two months to find our home. That was the only home that the kids and you felt like right. this feels like home. So I said, fine. And then next thing you know, it's four minutes away from what we call our home church now. Yeah. So yeah. we're literally four minutes. It's crazy. It's it's definitely not luck. It's three minutes when I drive. Whatever. <laughs> when you drive, yeah. <laughs> I am the better guy. <laughs> you are. I love it. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I think back to the power of story in the middle of your story. Uh, and here you are. I mean, this is how it works, right? You're sharing your story, your experience uh, with us, with what Jesus has done in your heart, um, using everything from a video, from a guy going to California, you coming from California back to Hobart. And uh, I, I love hearing the fact that um, it was Easter services that you went um, to the church for the first time, heard these stories, heard about for sure what Jesus had done for you, right? right. As, as much as I know you, um, you, you remember like the dream, right? About the flying over. I also know your story well enough and I know you well enough to know that your faith is in Christ. Faith yes. is in what he, he did on the cross, him rising from the dead. And, uh, and that gives you new life and new power. And so sure. um, I just love hearing the fact that someone took us took a risk to put their story on video and to see the effects of uh, what God's done with it in your your life is incredible. And so now, uh, what is it? Is Hobart home? Is is that is that it? We're here. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> awesome. I know uh, June of last year. I want to transition just slightly here in, in our topics, but June of last year, you guys took a huge risk. Um, anyone who knows you, Maria, knows that uh, God gave you an incredible gift with, uh, you know, eggs and flour, and uh, you, you're a magician. You're a magician. I've never had a single piece of edible anything because I don't know, like, some of the stuff you guys use in your bakery, like, what it is even. 
I've never had even the weird stuff that's like, I don't know, like the, the forming things are delicious. Everything you make is delicious. It's mind blowing. And you do keto things, you do gluten free things. You're like just out of the box, ridiculously blessed. Um, and so you channeled all the, that energy into um, your bake shop, which um, I, uh, I, I just adore and I love it. You guys are in Valpo. Um, give us your address really quickly so people kind of know whereabouts in Valpo you are. Yeah, we're at 4405 North Calumet um, in Valpo. Um, what is the question? Is again? that like Bullseye Road and Calumet? I think it's Bulls yeah, Bullseye Road is like the cross. No, 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 not Bullseye, Burlington Burling Beach. Burlington, Burlington Beach. Thank we're you. just yes. north of there. Yeah, just yeah. north of there. Yeah, and you're right. We do keto stuff. Um, you're right. I, I feel truly blessed, um, honestly, with our talent. I mean, not just mine, but my sisters also. I mean, I've been baking for a very long time. And um, looking at pictures from when I first started, like, decorating when my oldest was a baby to now, I'm just like, whoa, that's crazy. But um, God works in, in such a way that if we pay attention to what he's telling us, you know, I don't know, our skills improve. Um, besides our life, I mean, you know, um, our emotions, our depression, all of that, he was kind of guiding me to, you know, not smoke, not drink. And, and when I stopped doing stuff like that, you know, I turned it into, okay, well, art. Um, back then it was sculpting with clay and it was painting and it was drawing, sketching, you know, things like that. And um, as I got older and became a mom, that turned into food. You know, oh, I can sculpt food. I can, I can do this. And, and um, with that comes dreams. I believe that God speaks to us in dreams in so many ways. And, um, mm -hmm. and Eddie, you know this. Yeah. There's so many times where I, I, I'm asleep and I'll wake up and I'll say, oh my gosh, I dreamt that I made this and it was amazing. And he'll be like, well, write it down and I'll write it down. And then the next day or a couple of days later, I'm like, what the heck is this? I don't know, but I got to make it because I wrote it. And Just make it right now. Just make it. Yeah. And, and sometimes my, my husband knows this and the kids too. I'm like, when I die, you guys are going to find recipes. There's no instructions because a, a true chef, you don't need instructions. You just, you know what you're making. And um, I say, you're going to find stuff and you're going to say, what in the world was she thinking? I go, just make it. Just, just make it and it's going to be good because besides baking, um, you know, he blessed me with the talent of, um, I think at least, of good food. I mean, you know, we come from a, a family of, of cooks, but um, like I said, I believe he speaks to me in dreams and, you know, I'll dream of something and I'll say, well, I, I really got to make this. And even though with the food items we don't sell at the shop right now, they actually in a way this COVID-19 thing is a blessing in disguise in a way, like our shop unfortunately is suffering but it's allowed us to remember that family is the most important thing. And we've been spending more time with our children. And um, I mean, us bonding more, talking more, and, um, you know, remembering what bad people we were <laughs> to where we are now. And, you know, the, the wonderful thing that God's done in our lives. Yeah, and um, I don't know, I feel like, you know, now that we have this pause, you know, there's like time for us to really, I don't know, think about our lives and where we're going with this. And now we're trying to find ways that we can survive this, but along the lines of also, can we bless other people somehow, you know, during this time? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I want to, I want to, you know, acknowledge the fact that as a, as a small business owner right now, these are very different days than we even experienced back in February. Uh, you guys were so gracious to provide our, desserts for our five-year anniversary uh, service at the campus. And um, we have a groom and a bride who are on this call as well. They're getting married to each other. 
and uh, I'm sure they they have wedding bakery needs, which is why I brought us all here. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today <laughs> to de- decide once and for all the cake set up for Daniel and Christina's wedding. Uh, yes. If only there was someone qualified to bake a cake around us. Um, <laughs> but I, I do want to say weddings are being postponed, right? Um, people are. aren't necessarily going out to get sweets, right? Quarantine snacks are more like Oreos and Doritos. Right. They're not things yeah. like cupcakes and, and maybe some of the things that might have been luxuries before. Um, how are you guys, uh, you know, your faith plays an important part of your life. Is, is that showing up more, giving you more of an opportunity to trust in the Lord? How is this impacting you, not maybe fiscally as a business, but just in your own emotions as business owners right now? I mean, me personally, um, I know and I try to remember that I need to trust in him, you know, but I'm not going to lie. I struggle at moments. I mean, when I think of all the work that we put into this place, I mean, it hurts. It's sad. Yeah. But I am, yeah. I, I'm, I'm faithful. I, I know that it's going to be okay, whatever that means. I mean, we've decided that, you know, if God says, hey, you guys got to shut the doors down, then I know that at least we did our best to put our name out there and give people great quality products. But I don't think that's the case, though. I think that maybe, and I feel like he's guiding me to change something. And I don't know what it is yet, but we're working on that. But um, so right now, yeah, it, it's 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 it, it's scary for everybody. I mean, we're trying to contact other small businesses and help each other out. Um, and I don't know. Um, you jump, jump in. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said it was words. I get choked up because it, it, no, it's, it, it's okay. purple, you know. Yeah, it, I think. It, go ahead, Eddie. Oh, I, I, I mean, we're we're putting it all in in, in his hands, and and. You know, uh, that's why um, I don't feel we're really feeling um, as much anxiety as a lot of people are feeling. And I mean, there, there's a barbecue place up the street that that shut down forever, you know, because of this. And, you know, I tried to give them, you know, contact information, uh, possibly get some help. But um, still, I'm, I mean, we're not we're, we're not as is scared as I guess a lot of people are because you know it's yeah and that's true and it's I, God's will it, it is and we know that and that's why a part of me is like that's okay you know but um we I know that we have to just trust you know and I know that I've contacted a few friends of mine that are their faith is a lot stronger and they've been you know followers of Jesus for a lot longer than I have so it's always healthy for me to you know keep my mindset healthy you know to kind of reach out and just ask people for prayer sometimes you know because I I'm not as strong as I wish I was, you know? There are undoubtedly going to be some people who are, you know, listening to this uh, podcast episode whenever, you know, some people may listen to this after the bulk of our quarantine season is over. Who knows with the internet how long these stay up. Um, And they're going to hear you say, you know, we got into our car from LA and we said, wherever the transmission blows out in our car, there we will find home. (laughs) And so maybe I I could see some people think, well, you're attributing this inner peace to Jesus, but you're also the same people who were comfortable just letting the transmission blow. Is it really that simple that you're just easygoing people or is it truly, is there truly something to the faith that you have? Yeah. I just want to like kind of divide that out because I think some people in their skepticism would be like, well, well, sure. Like anyone is long, if you don't care about your car, you're not going to care about your business. No. Either. 
for me, I know that's not true of you. So I want to give you a chance to kind of answer that. Yeah, for me, it's faith. Um, Eddie's been an awesome husband. He's an awesome husband. And um, he's known that where my faith lies in, you know, from the beginning. And he's always been like, okay, he obviously loves me. And and so it's kind of like, okay, you raise the kids and, and as you wish, I trust you kind of thing. I don't think we're that laid back. Like, oh, I don't care no. about my car. <laughs> but I, I do believe that, and, and you know this, I believe that God, again, if you're paying attention, if you're paying attention to what he's saying to you, he guides us. It's up to us if we want to follow his direction. Do we want to ignore or do we want to say, yeah, I got lucky? No. You know, it's up to us to decide. There. And God, there's just, in, and I don't like to talk about my life, but in my life alone before Eddie, there have been so many things that could have gone wrong for me as well. And some did. But again, because I followed and I believed and I prayed, I mean, so hard. I mean, literally, like pulling over, crying, and and just asking, like, I don't know what you want me to do. What do I do? And then all of a sudden, this sense of peace in my heart would come in, and I'd stop crying. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Now I know what I gotta do, and everything will be okay. And and it would, in a weird way, it, it would work out. I'm like, Why didn't I know this? Because I wasn't choosing to believe in him. So all these times that I've chosen myself before, you know, when I was a single mother, and even when I married Eddie. Like, hey, God's asking this, or he's saying to do this. For whatever reason, it always worked out. I'm like, oh, whatever happened? I mean, if we were like dead broke, let's say, and I'm like, I don't know why, but I, I feel like I need to do this. And all of a sudden, like, bam, this great job opportunity would show up. I'm like, oh, this is so bizarre. But if I wasn't here, if I didn't listen to him, and it's not just about the being the, at the right place. It's definitely the faith and asking, you know, guide me and listening and um I mean, that when we talked about in Arizona, if that had happened, I believe that we might, I don't know, be there because we need to meet somebody. Maybe somebody needs our help. And maybe that's how we're helping. You know what I mean? Um, we know somebody that's like a troubled kind of person that's still in our lives, has mm -hmm. been in our life for a very long time. And I choose to believe that, and we actually, Eddie and I both talked about this, we believe that the Lord has put this human being into our lives even though this person has caused me hurt for a very long time, I always choose to see the better human being in this individual. I say to this individual, I pray for you and I will continue to do so. And I have faith and I believe that you will change someday. I went until then, we will still continue our distance, but <laughs> it's going to be okay. We still talk. But if that's not God in me, I don't know what is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's really helpful. Well, well said. Daniel, you look like you've got a thought on your mind before I change gears. Well, I got to turn my stuff down on my phone so I can talk without an echo. Uh, I don't know. It's been really awesome seeing Eddie's and Ray's journey. Uh, just over the past two years that I've known him, because um, I've been able to see kind of like a bird's eye view, and I've seen such a such an obedience to God's will in your life. Like, you know it, and you're driving for it. Um, and when things like this come about, um, where so many people would get so discouraged, like, what's lifting you up is Jesus right now, and it has to be. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I don't know, it's just so cool, because I know, you know, Sundays, Sundays are, some, some days tougher than others. Um, but man, like, every Sunday that you play, I'm like, where are you going afterwards? Because everybody goes on the worship team, and they, they go and nap afterwards, and you're like, I'm going back to work it's always like i'm going back to work i gotta be at the shop it's every day it's like i mean because you work in downtown chicago and then you work at the shop and you're just back and forth and back and forth um but you've never 
at least in my, uh, from my perspective, you've never looked discouraged. Um, you've never looked like spiritually tired. And I think that's such a testament to, to I don't know, God's, God's call on your all's life, that you're in the right place. Uh, it's just been a really sweet thing to see. Oh, that's awesome. I, 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 I think that's true because, I mean, nat naturally, um, I mean, we, we're, we're not, you know, like super easygoing people. I mean, <laughs> there, 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 are, there are things that, are, you know, we're hard lying on. But, I mean, you know, faith, um, you know, faith really does guide us in, in our decisions and, you know, uh, Oh God, we were we were speaking with someone and and, and they said, uh, you know, get, uh, when you pray, don't you know, uh, you should be saying, you know, uh, God, we're we're this is your business, mm -hmm. and you know, what do you want us to do with it? Mm -hmm. And you know that that perspective, you know, helps in our our prayers and yeah. helps quell a lot of anxiety yeah. that that might be there, you know, because you know we we're operating on a very limited basis here. Mm -hmm. And um, it's only been in the last week or so that um, there have been orders. Um, and, uh, you know, we still have, we still have the lease hanging over our head. We still have, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the power and, and, and utilities, you know, that doesn't stop, but, um, you know that that mindset, that perspective, is is really really guiding us through this uh, through this very trying time. It's incredible to hear you guys share your testimony and and even just what um, the the faith that you have in in uh, in our God has doing for you in the midst of a pandemic. And we we know the numbers. We know the um, the hurt on. Um, the economy, we know how it hits small businesses hardest, particularly businesses that are not even open yet a year. And so we want you to know uh, we love you guys from the bottom of our heart. And uh, anything we can do to help send a rash of people to Bellistani Bakery in Valpo, Indiana, we would love to. Um, have you guys figured out that Willy Wonka television thing yet where you can like send your, <laughs> like have you partnered with Zoom to send your cupcakes through that, that, that thing? I've been throwing cupcakes against the screen, but it, it's not working. I, I guess I'm not doing it right. No, I right. really wish. Go yeah. ahead, Maria. Oh, I was gonna say, um, right now, I know that uh, we're we're like I said earlier, we're trying to reach out to you know other like small businesses um, and the Chamber of Commerce as well, you know, to see what we can do. Um, and um, yeah, right now the bouquets are awesome. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook or Instagram. We're doing these donut bouquets, and the people that are ordering them this week, there's it, it's wonderful because. We had a lady order one for her husband today, for example. We did, you know, we delivered, and then she ordered one for her grandchildren because, you mm -hmm. know, she can't see them. So it was just to see their expressions. It was adorable, and it was like it's heartwarming. And the fact that they thought of us, you know, it, it, it's it just it means so much, you know, because everything that we make here is made with love, you know. Okay, so tell us straight up: it's Easter season. What should people be ordering from you for Easter? Honestly, our donut bouquets are bomb right now. Because it just sounds amazing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. They're so and good. They are so good. And they'll stay fresh for a couple of days. We put them in a box and we deliver. So there's no, you know, contact. They're awesome. 
Look at Daniel's face right now. He's just like so, blown away how that so could possibly be a thing. You it. can buy so, me uh, one, so, Daniel. <laughs> what I'm asking is, is is it a bouquet of donuts? Is that what you're saying? Like, Yeah, it looks like a bouquet. Um, Check it out. It's on Facebook and Instagram, um, our website. Oh, it's not on our website yet, but it's on our it's on our Facebook and our Instagram, Bella Sunny, um, Bella Sunny Bake Shop or just Bella Sunny if you get the hashtag but anyhow it's cute though i wish i had one with me my sister's actually working on one right now maria um, i wish i had one with me too we're in the same boat <laughs> together all right and i wouldn't even tell my family i had a bouquet of donuts right here i'd just be no, like no this yeah. is a prop <laughs> start, start thinking about cheesecake from others that's, that's oh our I'm cheesecakes saying. are bomb yeah there you go. There you go. um before we uh hang out hang up here thank you again for your time but no joke, we really do have um, a, a bride and a groom who are uh, getting uh, married. And I'm curious, what are weddings kind of out of the picture? How was how the wedding industry looking like right now? Um, well, for us, yeah, there's no weddings whatsoever going on right now. People have been postponing all their um, appointments with us. So the wedding, the brides, I mean, I think that if anybody's going to have anything It'll be like I said earlier, you know, I was wondering if anybody's going to do anything within their home, you know, something very intimate. But as of right now, nobody's getting married. All the uh, parties for baby showers, um, mm -hmm. you name it, everything's canceled. So our customers have actually postponed it. And with us, like I said, you know, we're okay with that, you know, because we completely understand. So whenever they're ready to, you know, continue with their parties, we'll be here. You know, That's Christina, well, how are you guys moving forward with your wedding planning right now? Oh, well, I actually have to talk to Maria because I want her to do our cake, but um, so just expect that in the future. <laughs> nice. You but, do you have to come in for a tasting. You know, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally okay with Do you let friends come to the tasting too? <laughs> <laughs> I'll make we'll invite Dan. Yeah, this podcast uh -oh. is just a ruse for me to get free food from our local right. people. You're like, mm, I'm going to have to try this one again. <laughs> yeah, as, far, as far as wedding planning goes, it's been it's been wild. I mean, we, we just we're in kind of in a limbo period. Um, yeah. And thank goodness, you know, we're we're in August, so we have a little bit of buffer time. We're kind of waiting until July to make any drastic measures. Um, but I mean, Christina does wedding photography, too, so she's kind of in the same boat of like, I mean, summer weddings, nobody knows what the, you know, what's going on. Um, so it's a huge opportunity to, to have faith in the midst of some real uncertain times. Um, so I just want to commend you guys and thank you guys for being such a example. Um, yeah. I'm going to send this to my little brother because my little brother was laid off from his job uh, yesterday. They laid off 50, mm -hmm. uh, 50 of their staff. My yeah. mom's been on unemployment for over a month. So it's, oh, people yeah. are hurting and I think people uh, are going to be really encouraged by it. just the, the countenance that you guys have during this time. It's, it's a huge encouragement. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maria, Eddie, uh, thank you for just being a testimony to our campus, uh, being such vibrant parts of our church community, our church family. Uh, I really believe uh, that God brought you to Hobart, not just to run your business, not just to raise your family, but to be a part of the bigger faith family. And it's a privilege to count you guys as that. And um, thank you for sharing your story of what Easter uh, changed in your life. And we're seeing even how this is unraveling and playing itself out uh, today. Eddie, I'm so pumped that you're playing guitar on Sunday for Bethel. 
Uh, you're going to be on the stage uh, with Daniel and the rest of our team. But I just, we had practice last week. We were kind of like running through it. And I, I remember coming up to you and being like, has anybody talked about the fact that just a couple of Easter's ago, you didn't even believe in Jesus. And now here you are leading us in worship to your King, our King. And I just, I think it's awesome. I just love it. I love what God can do in our hearts. So um, much love to you guys. And thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Uh, for everybody listening at home, thanks for making it this far in the episode. And you can find out more information about Bell Estani Bakery uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Maria, go ahead and give us the uh, how you spell Bell Estani really quickly. Sure. It's B-E-L-L-E-E-S-T-A-N-N-I. Bellastani um, Bake Shop. And we'll also, it's a bake shop. I'm sorry, I've been calling it a bakery. It's a bake <laughs> shop. We'll put the link and everything in the show notes. Uh, you can find that in your podcast player. But until then, this has been uh, Church is Now Online. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Church is Now Online podcast. For more resources from Bethel Church, head to BethelWeb.org, where you can stream services, give online, and find ways to impact our community. To connect with the HP campus, the best way to do that is on Facebook. Join our group by searching Bethel Church Hobart Portage. If you enjoyed this content and want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you found this content. And it helps us if you rate and review. It just makes it easier for others to find us online. Church is Now Online is produced by the team at Bethel Hobart Portage. Christina Soderquist, Daniel Asher, Scott Irwin, and myself, Dan Jacobson. Thanks for listening to this episode. Until next time. This podcast is to be continued.